Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the third episode of Geek Garage Goes to the Movies. I am David. I'm Ted. Hello, Ted. Hello, David. Thanks for joining me again. I didn't have a choice. You didn't, and and I appreciate you coming uh, regardless of, you know, uh, choices, uh, whatever. Anyways, today we decided to talk about the latest kaiju monster movie that just hit the movie theater yep. as of... Uh, Thursday, Thursday was preview. Thursday-ish, yes. Yeah. Um, of course, we're talking about the new Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and, uh, well, we have a few things to say. We do. We do, and we will be getting to those here shortly. Um, what else? It's a fucking monster movie. We ain't got to explain shit. Talk about Gojira. Gojira. Yes, Ted, you you are a fan of these movies, right? I am. I am a uh, I am a Godzilla nerd. Yeah, you've I, seen a lot more of the OG Godzilla yeah, the original, films than I have. Yeah, the. Uh, um, so I kind of grew up on these. I remember watching these like every couple of months on Saturday nights. There would be like monster like midnight monster movie madness right. or whatever on one of those old cable channels from the 90s and i remember watching like um the more tongue-in-cheek movies so like um once they had already kind of gotten corny mm-hmm. and they introduced like godzilla jr yeah <clears throat> excuse me and of course these are all like dubs so the, the dubbing was bad on top of everything right um, but i mean when you're like I was probably like eight or ten years old. I thought that was the coolest shit I'd ever seen. Yeah, you know? and I guess I just never grew out of it. So um, I definitely I love all of, all of movies. The from the original fifty four version that's like super dramatic and dark, mm-hmm. um, up through like the more I guess you know kid friendly movies. Um, I and then to the new Hollywood stuff, the um, the twenty fourteen movie, and then King, King of the Monsters. Uh, the only one I really don't care for is the 98 version with Matthew Broderick. In in fairness, if you run into someone that does care for that, or dare I say likes that movie, I don't think anyone is obligated by any means to like or even love that person. Right. They're not worth your, your time. Right. Um, I mean, all that said, so like the 98 version gets a bad rap, and it's well-deserved in a lot of cases, but I think part of the problem is if you take the name Godzilla off of it, and it's just like random monster movie right it's it's immediately like 30 percent less terrible it's still not a good movie there's still a lot of problems with it right but it's not quite so like offensive Mm -hmm. right but yeah it's appropriate for that time period because it kind of came out where like shit like the relic was coming out and other like you know shit blows up and weird monsters are coming out of 
you know, weird things It's, it's a very, like, late 90s American monster movie. Right. It's very much a product of his time. I totally agree with that. Right. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk no. about a much better film. Right. In a lot of ways. Eh. And a much not as good film in other ways. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I guess let's go ahead and get a few of the bad things out of the way. Yeah. So, so yeah. then we can, you know, kind of gush about uh, some of the good things. Right on. Um, well, let me let me stop you right there, and let me say, um, if you have not seen the movie, oh yeah, spoiler spoilers alert. for sure. Spoiler we're going to talk about a lot like of like usual as usual. Um, if you have seen the movie and you disagree, at me on Twitter, fight me in real life. Right. Um, but you know, definitely, I, if you have seen it, or if you rather, if you <clears> have not seen it, um, stop now, watch it, and then come listen to the podcast after you've seen it. Yeah. So I think probably the best case for one of the not so great things about the movie is the script writing and the dialogue dialogue is not good we we still have yet to have like a, an excellent dialogue and and character based um godzilla movie which an arg- a, a good argument can be made that it's not about the characters it's about the monsters right um but I don't think it should be this hard to have characters like interact with each other. That's not in a terrible fashion. Yeah. So um, I, I I agree with everything you said. I want to point out particularly, especially with Godzilla movies, because a lot of the a lot of the like comebacks to the criticism of the characters are bad. The human characters are bad. Mm-hmm. People are saying, well, it's a Godzilla movie. The human characters have always been bad. And while that's not a one hundred percent accurate statement. It's definitely more true than false. Mm-hmm. But again, I also agree with what you said of like, just because it's always been this way doesn't mean it still has to be. Right. This is the first time I've ever watched a Godzilla movie and actively wanted the humans to die. Yes, same. I was I was like, why is this so fucking terrible? Like, yeah, I, I it, was wondering if I had just become like a total movie snob. <laughs> and I was like, like, is it too much to ask for a little bit of realistic dialogue here yeah. or, or uh, I mean is is uh, uh, Vera Magara whatever her name Vera is Formiga yeah. yeah god I'm fucking terrible with names I'm sorry uh, yeah I was like why why do you have to be so goddamn terrible right so I have a lot of thoughts about her that we'll get to um, I will say there are two characters three technically I guess um that I did not actively despise. Ice Cube's son. There are four. Ice Cube's son. <laughs> okay. O'Shea Jr., who I will uh, forgive for almost anything based on who he is who? and who his father was. O'Shea ja- Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Oh, Jr. yeah, okay. Um, he also has what I think is the funniest line in the movie where uh, it's the one F-bomb where he's like, what the fuck is this? Oh. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Uh, so his character... Uh, Ken uh, Ken Watanabe, who plays Doctor Serizawa, yes. who is the only character, hands down, uh, the only smart character in the whole fucking movie. Yep. Um, I can't remember. I think it's Doctor Ling. Um, she plays two different characters. Uh, Z Zhang, excuse me, Z E Zhang, um, plays two different characters. She plays the twin doctors. Um, one of them, which is a nod to the Mothra twins from the the older Godzilla continuity. Mm, okay. But she plays. Um, the one that's on the ship, one of the main doctors, and then as, it's almost like a glorified cameo when Mothra hatches, you see her mm. um, as the, and it's like her sister, her character sister, because okay. they're twins. Um, they're the only ones, basically. Uh, the yeah. the main uh, Kyle Chandler's character, 
who is super intelligent, but also a complete train wreck of a human being. Uh, right. I, my whole thing is like this: this so, so as big of a movie, as big a movie as this was, I know there were a lot of hands. There was a lot of cooks in the kitchen, so yeah. to speak. Right. You're telling me nobody looked at this script and was like, guys, have you ever met a human being before? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, this is not the way we talk. Right. Uh, I felt like Thomas Middleditch's character was a little wasted because he does the really awkward, like, kind of scientific dude really well. Uh, I I don't know if you've ever watched Silicon Valley, but Mm. he's really good in that. I mean, that's kind of like his worst case scenario as far as awkward character. Uh, And I say worst case scenario in a good way. Right. Because he plays that really awkward person so well. Mm. So that this was a much more tamed down version of that. But I thought his character was a little wasted. Uh, it just seemed like he was kind of thrown in yeah. as an afterthought. I, I wish that they would have given him a, a lot more to do. But like you said, there was... Uh, I, I don't know if you like literally meant as far as actors go, there was too many cooks in the kitchen, uh, or that, a, but that well, and figuratively, um, and like writing yeah. wise. Uh, but I, I, I think that also applies. Is that and then uh, Vera Farmiga's character, um, wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I knew that the, the twist was going to be that she was working with eco terrorists. Uh-huh. I was like, because the, the trailer didn't come right out and say that, but I remember in one of the trailers. It had the, it, it had some of the cuts from where she's on the video screen talking to them. Like it was the only way, and I like I'm not stupid. I put two and two together. Right. I was like somehow this is gonna be her fault. So when she gets quote unquote kidnapped, and then like ten minutes later you find out, oh no, the twist is that she staged this. She got in touch with the eco terrorist right. group. I was like Jesus fucking Christ, right. give me a break with this. Um, but like she's basically the worst war criminal in human history, <laughs> right? And yet somehow she gets somewhat of a redemptive arc because like oh she apologized and went to find her daughter no no i fuck that no all right you unleashed literal demons from hell (laughs) and destroyed like a good chunk of the human population and have basically left boston actually i'm gonna i'm gonna stop it because that they improved boston but they basically destroyed boston (laughs) (laughs) i was like you're fucking if you survive this i'm petitioning to have you lined up on the wall and shot Right, right. <laughs> like you're yeah. getting your own fucking Nuremberg. Right, but no, she gets off. Well, she dies, so she doesn't get off quite scot free. But like, mm-hmm. she has that redemptive arc where like her and her ex husband Kyle Chandler make up, and yeah. Millie Bobby Brown's character forgives them both. I'm like, no, fuck that. Your mom sucks, right? And your dad's kind of a dick too. Yeah, and I'm... also you're annoying as a child. <laughs> the whole fa- fuck the whole family. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they. W- I mean, so this is her first role in in this uh this franchise so i'm hoping that they bring millie bobby brown back for right uh, for uh, what is it next like king kong versus godzilla, godzilla versus kong. and um, so i this is i think millie bobby brown's first movie and she's not bad in it no like she doesn't she, really have anything to do uh, right like the whole her whole character basically is just like yell at her mom and cry and be in awe of the kaiju Right. So and, like this, and then there's nothing really for her to put do. the 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 what is it the orca, the orca. next to the the, the PA fucking system. MacGuffin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to the, end the, all MacGuffins. The literal MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so it's nothing against her or really any of the actors or actresses, and it. it's just the writing is so fucking stilted and bad. Yeah. I, um, I, and I, as a character, Vera Farmiga's character is the devil, and I hate her. But again, like I 
I think that there are talented people involved. It's just the, For sure. the human aspects of the script are fucking bad. Yeah, I mean, there's too many talented people in this movie to say, that, to, to blame it all on the acting. Right. I feel like there was just too many, uh, like you said, too many cooks in the kitchen and too many people like at the top saying, yeah, there's no wiggle room for... Um, f- for switching up the the script or or impromptu lines or anything like this is the way it's it was written from the beginning and you know there's no change in it now. Yeah. Um. So those are kind of my overall negatives with the movie. I have some more specific ones that we can we can hit on if you want, um, or if you have anything else. Um. That was my main gripe was just the <clears throat> the. A little bit of the acting, but mostly just the script writing. Like, ten minutes into it, I w- my eyes hurt from rolling to them too much. Like, the, the one that sticks out, maybe the worst to me, is when they pick up Kyle Chandler. I, and I can't remember his character's name. Um, and they're like, your wife and daughter have been kidnapped, we need your help. So he's on this huge ship with the, the military and with the rest of the doctors from Monarch. Mm-hmm. And... They're going over this plan, and he just jumps in. He's like, no, you need to do this. And for whatever reason, at first they're like, dude, shut the fuck up. This is the military. They will shoot you in the face. Right. But then suddenly everybody's just like, yeah, let's listen to him. For no, It's just like an immediate change. It's never explained. At least right. I don't think it's explained why. They're just like, well, script. Like, right. Let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like all these people with all these guns decide to listen to this fucking nobody. And like, every, I'm like, wait, like every really? character, every character on the ship is either in the military mm-hmm. or is a doctor. Right. And yet they're all just like, yeah, fuck it. Listen to the white guy. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I also, as far as wasted characters, but room, t- room for growth is, um, and I'm blanking on his name. He's been around for a while. Uh, he was the older gentleman. He also played um, Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, I, I'm blank. Like I said, I'm blanking on the actor's yeah. name. But uh, you know who we're talking about? The the head. The of, head of the eco terrorist group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it definitely seems like he's, he's going to be. He's a good back. actor. Yes. Uh, it, it definitely seems like he's going to be back for the next one. So we can. We'll, we'll you come know, back to ho- that. Yeah, we can hope that. You know, there's room for growth as far as, you know, being more involved with the movie and having more room for him to stretch his legs and, you know, show off his you know, acting skills as a mm. as a bad guy right. in the film. The only other two negatives I had, and th- these aren't nearly as visceral uh, of a dislike as I had for the, the terrible, sure. terrible writing. So they go to what is basically Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I was like, okay, I can only suspend my fucking disbelief so far. You're asking for a lot here already. Yeah, I didn't right? really have a problem with that for whatever reason. Like they went, I was like, well, the rest of the movie is pretty fucking ridiculous. I mean, they're giant monsters, so I'll suspend That's my fair. Dis- I'll suspend my disbelief for this. I I can definitely see where you're coming from. My, but. my problem wasn't necessarily that they went to Atlantis because the they they talk a lot about the Hollow Earth theory in the movie, mm-hmm. so they set it up. And also, there's a little bit of that. If if uh, if you haven't seen Kong Skull Island, they set it up a little bit there too. Yeah, there was there was a lot of I don't want to use the word Easter eggs, but like kind of I guess throwbacks or, or, or callbacks or, nods, or, or yeah. nods to uh, the the fact that because I mean it's been talked about for a, a while and then solidified that there was going to be some crossover action between Kong Skull Island and and this film. 
um, right. or, th- or this franchise, and that you know the next movie would involve both of them. Right. So, like I said, my problem wasn't as much that they went to what is basically Atlantis. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we have a ship full of fucking doctors. And at least one of whom is a conspiracy theorist. And nobody was like, guys, is this Atlantis or what? It's just like, right. it's just one of those, th- I guess maybe they're all just having like supreme PTSD where they're like, hey, we just survived a literal mo- uh, literal monster fight. I don't uh-huh. really fucking care what's happening right now. Right. Uh, but it, I just was like, that's, but that goes back to this, this script, you know. So yeah. maybe there's a deleted scene out there where they're like, there's like a two minute conversation. They're like, guys, this is fucking. Is this like the biggest scientific discovery fucking ever right now? Right. Um, yeah, they just didn't have time to dwell on it because the rest of the world was kind of crumbling. Uh, they couldn't be like, hey, you know, let, let's live here. Fuck it. Let's just stay here. Right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're good, right? Yeah. I mean, we have like sort of kind of food and, right. and water packs and, right. and, and whatnot. But uh, all that said, to... Love Godzilla films is to be very forgiving, mm-hmm. and I'm willing it to comes look with past the territory. it. Does it does, and I'm willing to look past all that and be like, uh, "This movie is everything I fucking wanted it to be." I got to see King Ghidorah and Godzilla straight up go, go twelve rounds. Yeah. yeah, it was the shit. Yes, we were talking a little bit before this. Um, the the style choosing for uh, Ghidorah, I really enjoyed because they they definitely chose to style it uh from from a very ancient japanese like you know artistic standpoint you know you, right. where you've seen like three-headed dragons or just dragons in general that that kind of japanese style that we're all used to because i don't think you really got a whole lot of close-up uh shots and detail shots from the trailer which was good mm. uh because you know it left a lot to be you know um explored and you know you wanted to make you want to go more. see it yeah uh so i really i definitely enjoyed that i i, I think you did too um, yeah um i thought the design for all the creatures mm-hmm. was on point the mammoth was fucking cool yeah i don't i don't know which one because they named them but i can't remember which one it was that's an original character for this like that's not uh-huh. um so like the, the the Toho characters are Godzilla of course, King Ghidorah, Mothra, Rodan. Um but they also had like Baphomet, Typhoon, um which were like creations specifically for this because they, they say seventeen Titans. Right. Um there are other kaiju from the Godzilla universe that weren't in this that I'm hoping eventually show up. Yeah. Um but I was I was pleasantly surprised with the original designs because they could have gone a really bad direction with them and made them too over the top but I think that they were they were stylized in such a way and they were created in such a way that they're interesting without being as I bitch slap my microphone (laughs) I I am very sorry and then I just scared my dog off the couch he's like oh shit at the deck (laughs) Uh, sorry Harvey my bad uh, yeah I I agree 100% with how Ghidorah looked. I thought he looked awesome. That's maybe the best he's ever looked. Mm-hmm. Um, th- thank you, Harvey, for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, of the, of the creature designs, like, Rodan looks awesome. Mothra. Rodan was the, like, the pterodactyl dude that came out of the volcano. He came out of the volcano, right? yeah. Okay. Uh, Mothra is beautiful. Right. That is the Dope. best, the best Mothra has ever looked. Yeah. Uh, she was on point. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. She was awesome. 
Um, <clears throat> and then the original creatures that they created just for this also looked very cool. They were different in terms of design, so it wasn't just like more, oh, this is obviously like a, a dragon ripoff or, mm-hmm. or a dinosaur creature. Um, there was the one, I don't know which creature it was, maybe the behemoth. It was like a cross between a gorilla and a mammoth with yeah. like the huge tusks. Right, and, yeah. That's, I, I was that's like, that looks cool was, as shit. Yeah, yeah. like I, I was like, it definitely looks part mammoth, but it, it kind of looked from uh, from certain angles like it was walking on uh, on hands. Yeah, like, like, on, like, on a, like an ape would, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, it had obviously had giant tusks. Mm. So, so yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely agree with all that, that the, the, the creature design or, or kaiju design was, was definitely on point. Um, there was something that I just thought of. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, this kind of ties into that, uh, the, you know, speaking directly to the, the, the creatures, monsters, whatever you want to call them, is uh, what I really liked is there was um, definite tiebacks uh or, or, or callbacks to like lore like right. God's old godzilla lore that mm. that are kind of you know the, from like the mcu for example whenever they they call back to something that only like hardcore comic book nerds would know and then everyone else that's basically been following just following the movies like me i'm like Duh, i don't know what they're talking about <laughs> um i i thought it was very cool to kind of tie in like old school mm. um, Godzilla lore that, you know, unless you're like, you know, a fan that's, that's very knowledgeable on all of Godzilla's, you know, uh, competition throughout history. Right. Um, that you'd be the most knowledgeable about. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I will say this, like one thing in reading interviews with Mike Doherty, the director of this movie, like you can tell he has a deep love of Godzilla and the Godzilla mythos. Right. Um, so, there are going to be some updates and tweaks to modernize or to like Americanize some of the stuff, but he yeah. kept a lot of it very true to the source material. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of parallels and a lot of callbacks, like you said, like Ken Watanabe's character, yeah, Dr. Sarazawa. That's a character from the original film, the 54 version. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a nod specifically or if we'll find out that there's some sort of relation. I don't think it would make sense for there to be a relation um, just because this is like a different universe, so to speak, than the 54 movie. Um, But in the 54 version, Dr. Sirizawa creates the oxygen destroyer bomb, which is what they use to kill Godzilla at the end of the film. Right. Um, That's a nice parallel to this one where Dr. Sirizawa sacrifices himself to bring Godzilla back to life. Right. Um, Or re-energize yeah he's not technically dead but um so that's just that's a cool like parallel yeah they show the mothra twins uh the two the two scientists the sisters um they're also in this movie played by again uh, zi zhang mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me um so what um th- this is something that i was kind of curious about that uh, i figured you could probably answer was there a point in in godzilla's cinematic history or he stopped becoming like a, I guess a quote unquote uh, villain or bad guy or or, or yeah. evil kaiju and yeah. and became like you know one that fights the the bad ones that want to you know eviscerate humanity. Right. So um, yes, in in this one, 
or in this iteration of Godzilla, so from the 14 movie to now, they've basically made him an apex predator. Mm-hmm. So that he he's fighting Mothra. Or I'm sorry, not Mothra, but um, Mothra's also a benevolent uh, creature. But he's fighting Rodan yeah. and Ghidorah because he's an apex hunting, basically. Yeah. Um, they, they really... <clears throat> cough cough bullshit science it up yeah. to where they're like responding to the call of an alpha um it's sort of it's one of those like okay all right it's a godzilla movie it doesn't have to make a whole lot of sense right um so they've changed it a little bit kind of in the uh the japanese series he goes from being a evil-ish i guess in the original because he is destroying cities but um He's created as a metaphor for like nuclear war, mm-hmm. right? And then as it goes on, the Godzilla series gets very out there very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then he does like he ends up fighting Ghidorah to protect humanity and stuff like that. Um, another cool callback or nod is in the originals. Um, and originals is kind of the wrong word because this isn't really a remake of sorts, but. Uh, in in the Japanese series, Ghidorah is sent from Venus, I believe, and then in this one, when they use the oxygen destroyer bomb, and it doesn't kill Ghidorah, the scientists are like, "Well, that can't be," you know, he, he doesn't breathe oxygen. What is that? And I, right. I think it's Yi Zhang's character who's like, "Well, he might be an alien. You know, that might be why he's upsetting the natural balance and why everything is going crazy now that he's awake because he's not from here and it's throwing off the natural order of." Earth nature, right, um, right, which is another cool like nod, and I do I do hope they kind of figure out a little more and expound upon that because I'm I'm interested in that. Um, Ghidorah was always my favorite, other than Godzilla, and they're kind of like one A and one B, right. Um, so we'll see. I thought that was cool, but uh, like I said, they they definitely like bullshit science this one up a lot. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like Ghidorah might be coming back in some form or fashion with that that uh, post credit scene. Right, so in the post credit scene, the head of the eco-terrorism unit, I can't remember this character's name, but he goes to the same village in Mexico that they find Rodan in. Right. Um, and a fisherman is like, we found this, and it's Ghidorah's head. It's the, it's the one that Godzilla bites off in the first fight they have that eventually grows back. Right. Um, and he's just like, oh yeah, we can do something with this. And so I thought about this, and it could go a couple, a couple of different ways. So, there is a character, Mecha King Ghidorah, which is like a cyborg Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a creature called Destroya, which is a little more complicated to explain, and I'm, I'm not 100% on it, but I believe Destroya was a combination of different kaiju DNA and um, like mechanics, so like a cyborg again. Hmm. There's going to be somebody on the internet that's a bigger Godzilla nerd than me listening to this. going to be like... Um, actually, uh, and if, if that's the case, and we you welcome know, your knowledge, we, we do, we do welcome. Just don't be a dick about it. Um, <laughs> so that could go a couple of different ways. I'm, I'm definitely stoked for it. I know the next movie is uh, Godzilla versus Kong, which comes yeah. out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that as long as these keep making money, they're going to keep making them. Yeah. So I would say that we're, we might not see where this goes with Godzilla versus Kong. Sure, uh, but maybe the one after that, we'll see. Yeah, my initial guess was it would be a little misleading with the the Godzilla versus Kong title, 
where if they if they do decide to tie the the new version of um, Ghidorah into the next one, then it would be kind of um, Godzilla versus Kong for part of the movie, kind of battling for the the I guess the alpha apex predator mm-hmm. until they realize that there's like a half bio uh, there's like a biomechanical three-headed machine that's headed their way that doesn't give a fuck about anyone they have finished filming Godzilla vs. Kong I'm guessing it's in post-production now they're finishing up some of the CGI because it comes out in about a year I think Um, it's pretty good pacing yeah to have them coming out based on the way Godzilla wrecked shit in this movie Kong just needs to go ahead and take his L and sit this one out (laughs) um I saw a lot of people on the internet that were talking about like, oh, well, in Skull Island, he, was, he wasn't he was fully grown and this and that. Yo, Godzilla just went thermonuclear and was literally melting Boston as he walked through it. All right. <laughs> Kong needs to sit the fuck down. Right. He's going to get worked. And if he doesn't, um, me and Warner Brothers are going to fight. The uh-huh. actual Warner Brothers. I'm going to dig them up and we're going to fight. <laughs> fight their skeleton right. asses. <laughs> um. But I'm excited for it. I don't give a shit. I'll keep watching Godzilla movies until yeah. I until I die. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, me as well. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said before, I I didn't really make any notes. I know we pl- we basically planned on doing this episode before the movie came out, so it's been on deck for a while. Right. We just are. I, I just worthless uh, like, and haven't gotten to it. Yeah. We. I it's, mean, it's because I'm just we a did piece two- of shit when it comes to taking notes. At least uh, this time around. I mean, it's, it's because we did two episodes on John Wick. Now that I'm complaining. Right. I was about to say we should open up the episode by saying, you know, the only thing that was missing from this movie, aside from good script writing, was John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just put Keanu in everything. I don't care. I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah. I did like uh, also something we, we talked on. There were a lot of callbacks and that the director was obviously, you could tell that he, this was like a labor of love for him. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is fucking golden. Right. It is awesome. Uh, I love that they have the classic Godzilla theme in yes, this. They've from, interpolated from the it from the 54 movie. version. The dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. I love that so much. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, we were talking about that earlier, how I, I, I felt it was a little familiar. I was like, what? Yeah, I... Uh, and I asked you if that was from the movie. I, I totally meant to ask after the movie, but we just got kind of caught up in uh, right. in talking about just everything and mm-hmm. and what we thought and just everything in general. Um, so I meant to meant to ask, and, and you were like, "Yeah, yeah, that's from yeah, the original." There's, there's actually a couple of um, of the original themes. Okay, that's that's the most noticeable one. But I'm pretty sure the Mothra theme is is based on the original. I think King Ghidorah's theme is based on the original as well. Okay. Uh, there's also over the end credits a Excuse me, a cover of the Blue Oyster Cult song "Godzilla," done by hmm. um, I, I I'm I think it's like Gene Hoglin, um and Brendan Small who were in uh, the the Death Clock band that was on that show oh, okay. Metalocalypse. Yeah, um, Gene Hoglin's also he was also in uh, some of the other big '80s thrash bands. Yeah, um, and it's sung by Serge Talking? from System of a Down. Yeah, I, I don't know how he pronounces his is last it, name. Is it Tonkian? Tankian? I'm not sure I, how he says how it's yeah, pronounced, but I, it's, it's Serge Serge from a uh, System of a Down. Yeah, uh, I was never a big System of a Down guy, but he has a very recognizable voice. Yes, um, and I thought it was it was like an interesting like update of that song. Um, mm-hmm. It was all right, you know. Yeah, but I thought overall the soundtrack was awesome. Right. Um, 
definitely pleased with how they brought back some of the like golden era themes and yeah and sort of updated them a little bit yep. because they're not like one but not ones. bastardized them right 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 they definitely like i said it was a labor of love yeah um the cinematography in this movie is fucking beautiful oh yeah we should uh it, it, as an aside to that we should definitely talk about our unique theater experience because yeah. <laughs> i i don't think i i bet a lot of people don't even know that this kind of theater exists I, I because didn't. i didn't know I didn't until, until we, we went yeah. yeah um so yeah uh so what we're talking about is it's uh what, what screen x screen x yeah. yeah and so it is uh i think it's 270 degree uh, yeah. uh, experience is what they call it and basically so you walk uh, imagine you know your typical theater um, it feels like the walls are a little bit more closed in so it feels the more the theater is very is, is smaller yeah uh, yeah definitely definitely smaller um, both in you know width and length but yeah. definitely width um, so uh, but other than that just imagine you know your typical theater uh, but you have your your walls and they uh the projector the movie projector projects the movies on the walls as well as yeah. the screen in front of you so the whole movie is filling your peripheral vision so a lot of the concept behind um you know going to an IMAX movie and like sitting closer um and having the big screen fill your peripheral vision as much as possible mm -hmm. it's kind of the same concept but taken to the absolute fucking max right so and it and it doesn't do it for the whole movie but yeah. just like the basically like the, the big scenes, scenes like yeah. so like, like the fight scenes or like some of the bigger set pieces where they're like where they're exploring what is basically Atlantis right it has that yeah um I think it's a cool concept mm -hmm. I think because I'm so tall so I could like it was very easy for me to see the projector that would it would light up like five or ten seconds before the the side yeah screens it came must up. have been a size thing it was uh, a little distracting because uh, I, I definitely didn't pick up on that. I mean, I, I could tell when uh, they like when uh, they were about to start uh, mm -hmm. a scene because the I could I don't know it, it was it was just some sort of transition of you know the the projectors kicking on and um, you know them uh, signifying that they were going to project on the walls as well. Right. So, uh, but I, th I think it's cool. Um, I would definitely see another movie. It's not, it's not like 3D to me, where 3D just like it, it, I don't like at all. There's yeah, nothing about I, it that I like. I, right. I liked this. I just think that maybe it was where we sat. Maybe if we sat in a different part of the theater, it wouldn't have been as distracting. Um, maybe more towards the middle. May yeah, maybe. Um, because it's a cool concept. Yeah. Once you once you get over the initial like whoa, you know. It, yeah, I was like, am I gonna be sick? <laughs> yeah. Because like the you know just like the IMAX uh, theater has, there is a kind of introductory thing f mainly for the people that haven't been to this kind of theater before, just to kind of show off um, the you know the the capabilities of this kind of projector and and this whole experience, this two hundred seventy degree experience. Um, and that that part is cool where if it very much feels like you know a planetarium or like an immersive ride that you do at like you know, Six Flags or Disney World or something where you know you'd go and like the seats move but you know like the projector it feels like the you know the world is moving um, and you're moving with it uh, but you know you're obviously not is just kind of fucking with your senses right yeah once I got past the initial sort of once basically once I got my bearings with yeah. it, 
I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't do it for, you know, just a, every single movie that I could potentially find right. that, that comes to that theater. But it's still it's still a pretty cool concept. And I'd yeah. probably treat it just like a like an IMAX movie. Yeah, where for, I, for, for big... For like bigger movies or yeah. like more bombastic films, because definitely. obviously I, I don't have the ability to drop like eighteen or nineteen bucks on a movie, you know, just all the time. Yeah, and I will say like I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think that I don't think these tickets were any more than a normal movie, because IMAX costs more and 3D costs more usually. But I'm pretty sure these were the same prices like a regular movie. Really, ticket. I, I thought, think so. I, I thought when I looked at the ticket prices, they were a couple dollars more, but I could be mistaken. I, I don't know. I I used my my points, so no, this I could be wrong. Yeah, none of this matters. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I I think it added to the movie in a lot of ways. For it, sure, definitely in more ways than it was distracting. And I, again, the technology itself wasn't distracting. Maybe it was where we said it was just I could see that projector light, and I was like, oh, here here it comes. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, the cinematography is fucking gorgeous. There are a couple of different shots of this movie where I'm just like, yes, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like I looked over at you and I was like. Yeah, you fucking see this shit? Do you see it? Do ya? And, yeah. and you were like, yeah, I fucking see that. There, there were a couple of scenes that were so good, I was like, nearly moved to tears. And I know that sounds so corny and, and like, I true, get it. true art film snobs are going to be like, peasant. But right. like, I love all those movies too. It's just like, the way they're set up, it's like, and again, you can tell it's a labor of love. They're, the, my two favorite shots are of Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. The first one is it's from the trailer where he's on top of the volcano and he's got his three heads and it does right. the, like the wide angle way zoomed out and there's the cross in the foreground from the church in the in the village sure and that just looks fucking dope yeah and uh, the second one is where he basically uh, eats the power plant yeah and goes super saiyan yeah. <laughs> And he spreads his wings and the fucking lightning storm goes off of him. And I was just like, inject this directly into my veins. Right. Yeah, I, uh, there, was, there was one point. It was, it was right when they birthed Ghidorah, basically. Mm. And he, I, I think it was when he attacked uh, another monster or something like that. It was maybe when he like eviscerated a bunch of humans. Uh, and I was just like, zap your dumbass. Oh, yeah. It's where they're running off of the, the carrier. And the first two guys off get hit with electricity and just right. vaporize. Yeah. I was like, mm, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> right. Well, that sucks for you. Yeah. Um, overall, like I said, stupid shit aside, I really liked this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the campy definitely worked well for this film. Parts of it definitely did. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people argue online about the CGI. Some people are like, it's super cutting edge and looks awesome. Some people are like, well, they cheaped out because all the fights are in like fog or, or, or storms or this or that. And I'm like, shut up forever, both of you, all of you involved. It's, right. a, it's a fucking awesome... You're watching two giant monsters fight. Nothing about this is bad. Right. Uh, you know. Um, I... I like it a lot. I don't think it's a great movie by any stretch. I think parts of it are great. Mm-hmm. I think the parts that work, work really fucking well. Right. I think the parts of it that don't, which we covered, do not work at all. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, this is definitely like, it's got like a 40% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, but the for for critics, for audiences, like a 90 Yeah. And I think that's pretty accurate. I'm, I yeah. fall somewhere in between. I'd say this is probably, like if I were going to rate it, I'd probably say it's like a 7 out of 10. Yeah, you know. yeah. I, I was about to say, you know, I I I'd probably give it like a seventy-five or eighty percent. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, 
I, I think that's being pretty generous, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I I feel like overall, you know, the 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 script writing aside and and the the, the lackluster acting, um, it was still very very enjoyable. Um, yeah, and I'm I'll be there for every subsequent film after this. Yeah, I I am even though I'm pretty sure Kong, like I said, I, I think Kong just needs to sit down and take his L. Um, I'm gonna go see that shit opening weekend. Yeah, you know, if there's a movie that comes out that says Godzilla, I'm gonna watch it. All right. Um, I will say that aside from the 1954 version, which I think is still one of the best ones, it's very good. I, I just recently watched it uh, for those listening at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, we've been talking about it obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I just recently picked it up for the first time. And I actually really liked it. And I was watching it and he was, you know, basically melting an entire city. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, this is getting kind of good. And you were like, yeah, it gets kind of bleak. And I'm like, it's a dark movie. Yeah. Man. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I guess. And right as I was about to text you, like, I don't really see it. Like the, that family that's, uh, we, we were talking, I'm not sure if they're homeless or if they were just running uh, running away and they just decided, fuck it, like, we're dead. And, and I mean, the, the woman even says the line, because uh, it's it's a woman and her, her, two, kids. her two kids. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they're homeless. I think that they're just trying to escape and they can't go any further. Right, yeah. And um, they're and like, she, we're going to We're going we're gonna to go meet de- your father. And, like, the... You know, basically, that's saying like, "Hey, your father died in the war, and we're gonna be reunited with him because yes, we're about to I fucking was like, die oh, too." Oh, that's what yeah. he's talking about. But that's what I said. Like, Godzilla started out as a metaphor for nuclear war, uh-huh. right? So you got to think this is not far removed from the atomic bombs or from the um, uh, camp uh, Camp Bravo Bikini Atoll nuclear right. test that affected that uh, Japanese fishing boat. So that's still very much imprinted on the conscience of of the Japanese public. Mm. You know, so Godzilla started out as a metaphor for nuclear war. And that first movie is fucking heavy, man. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's got some campy stuff in it because it's a giant monster movie. But it's definitely like a dark film in a lot of ways. People, I think, forget that because they're used to probably the same way I am. They're used to the more, I guess, light hearted maybe Godzilla movies where they're more like the midnight movie madness kind of films which yeah. I still love but like man it's a dark fucking movie yeah um, these the the new the 14 and this one don't they don't do as good a job I don't think capturing some of that inherent like bleakness mm-hmm. um, but they're still good I just totally stole your thunder I'm sorry no no it's good I mean that totally adds to you know what I was getting at is is that um, you know, I, I had never before this checked out. Well, I mean, I, I uh, like the, the OG, the, the 54 movie mm-hmm. uh, I had never seen before. I like the really ridiculous ones that everyone kind of is, is familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like the, the three, the, the three VHS like box sets yeah. that you could find out like Walmart back like in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, like my brother and I would watch those like all the time oh, and yeah. just have the time of our lives. Like Saturday evening, like we'd have our fucking Twizzlers and yeah. our Raisinets and we sit down and watch Godzilla movies cause we're fucking poor. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's the best that we could do But it didn't fucking matter because you know, we had these hilarious fucking crazy monsters on TV just right. battling each other. And, uh, it was fucking dope. Uh, 
Uh-huh. And yeah, it was like campy and over the top and ridiculous, but um, you know, he, uh, we just, I, I dug them all. Yeah, I think in terms of the newer films, I believe it came out in 2016. But Shin Godzilla, yeah, um, or as it was called here, uh, Godzilla Resurgence, is probably one of the stronger of the entire series. I still need to check that out because I remember seeing the trailer for yeah. it, and I was like, this is. This looks dope. And yeah, it's it, super, super good. Yeah. Um, it's almost, it may be, it's it's up there with the 54 as like my 1A and 1B. Right. Because it keeps a lot of that like um, sort of darkness, if you will. Yeah. Um, while updating it and like updating the science some so that it's a little more within the realm of possibility, you might say. Right. Um, that said, I, like I said, I still loved... King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably will end up seeing it, again, seeing it again. I want to see it on the big, big screen in IMAX. Okay. Uh, just because I think it would look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I know some of my other friends want to go see it. I'll probably end up going with them. Right on. Um, but like I said, to, to, to love Godzilla is to be very forgiving. Indeed. And I'm, I'm willing to be very forgiving to see King Ghidorah again. Right. Yeah, I mean, when I, like I said, it just comes with the territory of these kinds of movies where... You know, there's so much suspension of disbelief because it's not real life we're dealing with. It's, you know, giant monsters. Um, so, yeah, I, that's that's totally understandable. But with all that aside, I still, like I said, found it very, very enjoyable. Um, I'll definitely check it out again. Uh, probably not as soon as you will. I'll probably wait until um, Blu-ray when it comes out and, and check it out then. I love. I can't wait until my son Charlie um, gets old enough to kind of enjoy these kinds of movies. Like right now, he's uh, he, he's just at, at that age where he really he really likes you know monsters and dinosaurs, especially and just you know things that go roar and and all that. Right. But you know, I I tried him out, and this this was a little unfair of me to do, but I just wanted to test the waters to see how he'd do. And I, I was watching, uh, the original Jurassic park, uh, several months ago and it got to the infamous first T-Rex scene where, you know, it, it busts out the, you know, it's cage when, you know, the power goes down. And so I, uh, Charlie was kind of like running up and down the hallway and he came in and I was about to pause it, but I was like, well, I mean, he loves dinosaurs. Like, you know, let's see see how he reacts. Um, and so he, he looks, and he was like, oh! And he, like, almost <laughs> bolted down the fucking hallway. But he mainly, he just kind of, like, ducked out of the living room and was watching uh, from a distance in like, the kitchen. Like how kids do? With yes. Yeah. yeah, he was, like, kind of poking. And, and, like, he looked at me with that scared look, but he was like, <laughs> where he knew it was like a dinosaur but yeah. like he had never seen one in this terrifying fashion right. before. I mean he's probably not too far off man because I was seven or eight when I started right. getting nah, into Godzilla. A couple years I yeah. feel like I, I mean I, I'm i very much looking forward to just the first time in general being able to oh, take yeah, him to sure. the movies to, to see anything because I don't want the first memory of me taking him to the movies to be like the whole time me worrying about if he's going to be able to sit through it and all that. And, um, you know, I want it to be enjoyable and know that it's going to capture his attention. And, and, you know, if, if we can't get through the whole thing, it'll be fine. Mm. But, 
um, you know, I, I w- at least want to go and get through a lot of it and, you know, have it be an enjoyable, memorable experience for him. For sure. So that's a very um, off-kilter topic for... This, uh, we, we really got off track. We really did. That's I mean, all right. It, it, it's still in the realm of, you know, monsters. Definitely. And, and definitely. all that. So it's it's not like completely. Anyways, uh, you want to do the, uh, the shit that doesn't suck? Yeah. 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 So for this week, um, I'm going to go back. I had mentioned this. Uh, the first the first one we did, I mentioned the movie Hero that I just watched with Jet Li, a Wuja yeah. film. Uh, that same director... Zhang uh, Yimou, I believe, mm-hmm. has a new movie out called Shadow. That's a limited release. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get it here in Nashville, playing yep. at the local nonprofit, the Bell Court. Um, I got a chance to go see it. It is awesome. Um, Indeed, it's a little more dramatic than what a lot of people would consider like a kung fu movie to be. Yes, right. It's got a lot more like political intrigue and stuff. For sure. But those are all very, very like kabuki theater Chinese mm-hmm. storytelling aspects. So like. If you're into uh, Chinese cinema uh, and wuja films, you'll be used to that. Yeah. So I thought it was cool. It wasn't just like a quote-unquote like mindless fighting movie. Right. Um, it's a very different film. It's a very dark film, both yes. in terms of like story aspects as well as like color palette. Yeah. Um, but, but the color just, palette's fucking beautiful. It is gorgeous. It's yeah. it's. Primarily like grayscale. Yeah. The, the movie's in color, but like the very, color palette is the, very the saturation like, is turned down way low. Right, right. Um, it, it's just it's just a great movie. Yeah, uh, highly recommended. It. It'll be on VOD before too long, I'm sure, because it's a limited engagement. Right. Yeah. Um, but definitely check that out when yeah when you're able to. It's highly recommended. Right. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, I, not like anyone from the Bell Court would be listening to this. Maybe they would. Not like anybody is listening uh, to this. For, right. Uh, I mean, we got to give ourselves some kind of credit. Yeah. Your one fan that we met at MTAC is listening. Yes. Uh, but yeah, if you, uh, if anyone from the Bell Court is listening and you are uh, by chance in charge of, you know, Picking out what limited release movies are shown at your theater. Thank you for showing this one. All Wuja movies, always. Right. All of them. Yes, indeed. Um, and for my shit that doesn't suck is uh, also pretty contemporary. Just came out um, actually the same night that we went to go see Godzilla. Uh, it came. Uh, it's uh, of course Rocket Man, uh, the Elton John biopic. Uh, saw that last night with me, Madre, and my brother, and. I had an awesome time. They are both huge Elton John fans, as am I. And I love the shit out of this movie. There, It's not without its faults. Uh, I'd say the biggest thing is that it tends to focus a little bit too much on the negative. Um, the Just the, the, the parts of his life that were um, him being uh, addicted to uh, just his substance abuse problems, like with his problems with alcohol and drugs and um, just partying nonstop and, and all that. But I mean, that's, that, that was kind of the, the rock and roll lifestyle of so many people, uh, so many musicians that came up in the era from like the, uh, from forties and fifties all the way to, you know, the 90s basically and and even today but i mean especially just that time period but anyways uh aside from that the the whole movie was absolutely incredible uh it, it was a 
awesome blend of you know your your typical biopic where it kind of educated you on some things that maybe you didn't know about Elton John. Plus, it had some like surrealistic aspects to it where just just out of nowhere things would kind of get like really weird. Like in that where where you you go to see like a musical that was made into a movie. And you're like, okay, well, you know, you kind of expect some weird stuff to happen. Um, there was a little bit of that thrown in. Um, and then some some of his really popular, well-known live performances were also kind of reiterated uh, throughout the movie. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, overall, it, it was a great film. I thought Taron Egerton did a fantastic job with uh, his portrayal as Elton John. His uh, his vocal style is definitely not unlike Elton John. Um, it's a little bit different, but he definitely did do him justice. I've been listening to Elton John for a long time. Uh, my my parents made sure of that, um, and he definitely, like I said, he he did the uh, the great piano player justice. Uh, so I was I was pretty happy with that. So that's that is my shit that doesn't suck. Ronald. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess that'll do it for uh, this third episode of Geek Garage Goes to the Movies. Um, we are not exactly one hundred percent sure when the next episode will be or what it will be on. Uh, we don't have anything slated for right now, but we will definitely be. Uh, it will definitely continue to be active on the social medias mm-hmm. out there to to keep y'all updated as, as soon as we figure that shit out. Well, we. we... We're not go, we're not completely blind and useless. Like we do have some ideas and, right. and some, things, some things we're going to cover, but they're more um, for near future dates, I guess mm-hmm. you might say. So we, we right. have some stuff coming out. I don't want to spoil everything, but I will say that um, uh, I think a lot of people will be into it. And yeah. by a lot of people, I mean the two people that listen to us regularly. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, we we do have some stuff coming up. Um, It'll be kind of a weird little period, but uh, we'll get through it and we'll keep cranking out shit that nobody cares about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it definitely might. Don't be surprised if there's maybe one or two episodes in the near future where Ted cranks out on his own and releases under the the Geek Garage Goes to the Movies banner. uh, Because I and my wife and kids were in a transitionary period where we're moving houses. um, So it's, it's a little nuts. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and apologize for, you know, potentially in uh, in the near future being absent for a little bit. But like I said, I'm going to try my hardest to to make sure we can produce some sort of content um, in some form or fashion because we don't want to alienate our, our, you know, two fans out there. So, yeah. yeah. Ted, thanks again for, for joining me on this uh, grand adventure. Once uh, once again, and like always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, on our website, geekgaragepodcast.com. Uh, you can download the podcast or stream it uh, at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, a bunch of other shit that's out there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's just about it. Um, Yeah, and uh, I guess be kind, stay geeky, lots of cheesecake, and do all that fun shit.